feels like church is going on in here. Yes, yes. Come on, let's celebrate one more time. Praise God. Yeah, we're just grateful that you are with us today. Happy Sunday. We are in week two of Anno Domini, and uh, we send you uh, glad tidings to your watch party. So hopefully you're having fun, and uh, we're certainly having some fun around here. I won't tell you how many people is in the building, but I know it sounds like thousands are in this, this room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, welcome to week two of Anno Domini. What I want to go ahead and do is I want to start out with a few announcements, then we're going to get into the Word of God. Um, got a word that the Lord has placed on my heart as we continue to track through uh, this, this verse in Isaiah that Jesus Christ um, read and, and he spoke on when he began his ministry. So we're going to get into that. But our first announcement, I want to go ahead and let us know about our seven days of prayer and fasting it's gonna be Monday, August the 24th to August the 30th. Uh, we're gonna take some time out the final week in August just to, to pray and to open up our hearts. I mean, it's, it's just a time in, in, in our nation's history and in the world where we, we just need to open up to God and say, God, come in. Um, we wanna humble ourselves before him and ask that he would continue to work and heal the situation that we are we are in. So I encourage you to join us for those seven days of prayer and fasting. Uh, going to be a powerful time. Um, we're considering opening up the church uh, that Tuesday to uh, Saturday or so. We're considering opening up the church at 6 a.m. Uh, for some prayer. So we'll let you know a little bit more about that. And then along with that, we have a night of prayer Wednesday, August the 26th at 7 p.m., a night of prayer. And uh, don't worry, we're gonna have all the, uh, the sanitation and everything cleaned up for you, everything ready to go. We're gonna be wearing our masks, but we're gonna come in here and we're gonna pray heaven down, Jesus said, um, on earth as it is in heaven. So in the middle of the week, we wanna supercharge our spirits. We wanna get into community and we're gonna pray and we're gonna worship and we're gonna watch God move and might and, and strength. And so that's gonna be exciting. And so um, let's go ahead and jump into our text. Um, we're gonna pick it up from last week. Jesus, he, he was from the village of Nazareth. He is about, the Bible says about 30 years old. So Jesus is 29 at the time. And uh, he steps into a synagogue. The Bible says, as was his custom. So Jesus was always in the church. It was his custom to go and to worship God. And um, he had garnered enough influence to be able to have the opportunity to teach scripture. And so the Bible says that he stood up and he was handed the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah foretold about uh, the Jewish Messiah some 700 years before the birth of Christ. And so Christ took the scroll. He's gonna read this messianic prophecy to let them know that today is the day that this prophecy is fulfilled. I am the Messiah. You remember week one, I am the chosen one. Jesus is the chosen one to get you close to God. So before we get into the verse, I wanna encourage you, let's lean in. 
let's lean in, let's get up, let's get up. I know breakfast or, 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 or coffee or whatever you're having right now was good, but let's lean in, let's, let's get our notepads, let's get our pen and our pencil. Go ahead and shoot your family members a text, share the link. Um, God is about to move in a powerful way. All right, Luke 4, verse 18 says this. It says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. We talked about that in week one last week. And then Jesus read this. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. And that's really what I wanna focus on this week is this promise that Christ was sent to heal the brokenhearted. Now, what I wanna do is I wanna break down some, some words here in this verse uh, to really communicate to us and clarify to us what Jesus was saying. And so we'll start with this word heal. The Greek word that Jesus used here, uh, we originally translated to heal, but what he was really emphasizing, the word he was really saying was, he said, repair, wow. repair. And then if you would translate brokenhearted and break it down even more, broken means shattered. So to repair, shatter, shatter. And in the Hebrew mind, the word heart can be translated into inner self. So the soul. And, and the soul is made up of your, your mind, your will, and your emotions. So how you think, how you feel, and, and your desires. So essentially what Jesus was saying, as we really translate this into even the more modern language, Luke 4, 18, he was saying that God has sent me to repair those whose lives have been shattered. Yeah. To repair, to, to fix, to, to put together. There's, there's no other person in, in human history that has that power to, to repair shattered lives. And um, it's crazy because, you know, I know this has been a crazy year. And, um, but beyond that, there are these, these terms of, as I was studying and preparing for this message that just kind of pops out when, when you think of these things. Uh, many of us have been shattered by um, business. We see the term business. Um, we've been shattered by a failed business. Right? We've tried to, to start something and it fell, or uh, we had a career path that we were going down and it didn't turn out the way that we thought it should have turned out. So business has shattered a lot of people. A lot of people have lost their jobs, have, have uh, lost income. We've been shattered emotionally and in our thoughts and, and, and in, our, in our desires. Um, some of us, when we think about finances, we feel shattered. We feel shattered. We, some of us, we, we went from being able to make ends meet to now <laughs> we're, we're trying to discover where the ends even are. And um, it has a shattering effect. Um, for some people, if you, you think about the term dad, dad, just the thought of dad um, that shatters people. And, and even church, like um, you won't find a greater proponent of the church <laughs> standing before you, but even church hurt is a real thing. Church has, has shattered, has shattered 
a lot of lives. When Jesus started the church to heal lives, to build people up, uh, this is what I do know. I do know this. Go ahead and write this down. That it's possible to be outwardly successful, yet inwardly shattered. It's possible to have all of the accolades and, and all of the education. It's possible to have the finances and, and, and to have the business and to have the education and to have all the friends, to have all the followers, to have all the clout, but to also be shattered. So Jesus said, that I'm coming on the scene and it is my call to repair those lives who have been shattered. And one thing we can all admit is that we've all been shattered at some point in our lives. And, and a lot of people right now are experiencing that, that breaking. The encouraging part is this, is that number one, is that Jesus pursues the brokenhearted. Jesus pursues the brokenhearted. <laughs> we... We were recently uh, in Virginia, and uh, I, I, took, I took our staff and, and um, some of our top leaders here to the church, and we, we went to Virginia. The, the place was beautiful. And, and one morning, uh, my beautiful wife uh, decided that she wanted to go hiking. So she wanted to go hiking. Not only did she want to go hiking, um, but she wanted to choose a trail that wasn't too far away. <laughs> um, there were trails uh, somewhere an hour away, an hour and 20 minutes away that were easy. This one was about 20 minutes away and it was, uh, it said extremely difficult, I think. Um, am I right about that? Extremely difficult. Um, so whatever, we can do it. We can do it. We went, we jumped in, in our vehicles and uh, we get out of our cars and we, we proceed to go up this amazing uh, thing, this rock. And uh, my lovely wife, she starts out. Before you know it, you just don't see her anymore. Um, I, I, you know, other names will be protected in the making of this uh, analogy. Um, and so um, Lance, oh, I'm sorry, that slip. And Chris, uh, our creative director, I'm sorry, all this is slipping out. They proceed to follow Pastor Kyra, and it was amazing. It was amazing. They made it up top. We saw the videos. We saw the pictures. Me being the amazing pastor and leader and spiritual father that I am, um, come on now, that's funny. I don't care what you say. Just chill out. I'm just having fun. All right. <laughs> so we, we proceed, and um, uh, one of us is carrying a baby on our chest. Um, mind you, this baby is not one years old yet. Uh, one of us starts to have some breathing um, issues and the other, um, God bless her heart, she is with us. But I know that, you know, there's some, some back issues and all that good stuff. I become extremely concerned and I'm like, I don't think we're gonna make uh, this hike. Not to mention the knockout blow was a couple came and they said, hey, if you continue to go up, you may run into a bear. <laughs> and so if I was thinking about quitting this hike, it was going to definitely be now because I don't do any animals that I don't know. Um, I was running uh, earlier uh, today. And uh, if you know me, you know that I don't like dogs I don't know. And uh, I kindly went to the other side of the road and I did my run. But at any rate, there was difficulty ensuing and 
at a certain point, it became more important to me to be safe and to take care of the struggle than to get to the top of the mountain. And what I've come to find out about Jesus is, is that his top concern is your struggle. His top concern is your struggle. He pursues the brokenhearted. Um, many people are shattered right now. Their hearts are, are broken. They, can't, they, they don't think they can make it through another day. They, some of us, we don't feel as though we can pray another prayer. We don't, we've been praying, God, where are you? We, we, we're, we're brokenhearted. But what I love about scripture is it says this in Psalm 34, verse 18. It says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. So I wanna encourage you with that. If, if you feel as though you are alone or if you feel hopeless or if you're doubtful right now in this season, if God is with you, the truth of God's word trumps your reality. And the truth is that he, he is with you. The truth is that he is close. The truth is that he is working and he is giving you strength and he is working on the solution and he is on time. A lot of us were thinking, where's God? The clock, the, the, you know, the time is running out. Where is he? Where is he? Where is he? I want to encourage you. He is an on time God and he's not just in your future. He's not just in your past, but the Bible declares that he is close to the brokenhearted. And, and he draws near, he rescues those whose spirits are crushed, whose, whose minds, whose emotions, whose feelings are crushed. God cares about your peace. He cares about how you feel. He cares about your desires and he has not abandoned you. Right now, the top concern of Jesus Christ is in fact your struggle is in fact your struggle. He'd rather get you down the mountain to safety so that you can rest and recover as opposed to have you strain and struggle on the way up. He'd rather get you down because his top concern is your struggle. And you know, guilt, guilt is another cause of a broken heart. Guilt, guilt. He says, the Lord has sent me to repair those whose lives have been shattered. Um, when I think about guilt, I think about um, maybe some of us have struggled with poor performance, poor, poor performance, um, poor decisions, squandered opportunities. And, and if you're not careful, you, you can, you can self-sabotage. There are some agents of guilt. And, and the first agent of guilt is self. It's self. You, you, can, you can think, man, you know, man, I just, I, oh my God, I squandered that, op that job I had. And I made a poor decision. You know, it's three months of poor performance and, and they let me go. Or that relationship I was in. Wow, I, I, really, I really blew it. Oh man, I, I blew it with my children. They'll They'll never love me. Oh, man, I, I blew it on that test. I'll never be able to get a career in that field. That, if, you, if you're not careful, self-guilt. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't perform well enough. I didn't do well enough. I didn't study hard enough. I'm a failure. I'm a failure. I'm a failure. I'm a failure. You have to watch self 
You have to watch self. The second agent of guilt is, in fact, others. Others. How, how many of you know, like, if you, maybe you can agree with me, maybe not, but I am the first one to beat myself up. If I make a poor decision, I go from top of the mountain to bottom of the valley. So, so I have no need for others to make me feel guilty. But man, they're out there. They'll beat you down. Now, you know you should have did better. They gave you a, a first chance and a second chance and a third chance, and you still dropped the ball. Others, agents of, of guilt, others. So this is why it's important to watch your circle. This is why it's important. Do I have people in my life who are lifting me up, who are pushing me forward, who are challenging me in healthy ways, or do I have people in my life that continue to throw my mess in my face? Yes, agents of guilt, others, others, others. And then, <laughs> this is just his job, Satan. This is just what he does. This is just what he does. And he finds his power through suggestion. The Bible calls him the prince of the power of the air. So, so his power where he operates is through airwaves through sound, through his voice. You cannot see Satan, but he is at your side every day. You're not good enough. You won't make it. Never again. You mess that up. Guilt will sabotage your life. Guilt will sabotage your potential. Guilt will bring you low, 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 low to the ground if you allow it to. But what I love about Jesus when he said that I've been sent to repair those whose lives have been shattered, what I love about Jesus is that Jesus removes guilt and gives grace. Jesus said, I've come to remove guilt and give, give grace. And I know I need his grace every day. Well, you're the pastor. I know, all the more reason <laughs> to need his, his grace every, every day. We're gonna go ahead and go to John 8, John chapter eight. And uh, we're gonna start at verse three. This story is pretty powerful when it comes to, to guilt and how, and, how God, and how Jesus gives grace. It says this here, as he was speaking, he being Jesus, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. So she was guilty. My question has always been, where's the man? <laughs> Anytime I read the story, I'm, I'm trying to find the man in the text, but all we, <laughs> uh, you know, every year, I've, it's just, just she, she was caught. They put her in front of the crowd. So that's another thing guilt will do. Guilt will cause you to feel shameful. Satan will tell you to do it and, and it won't be that bad. He'll, he'll, he'll nudge you on. He'll nudge you on. He'll encourage you to do it. He'll say, no, just do it. God is trying to keep you away from fun. And then as soon as you do it, Satan backs out and now you feel shameful. That, that's, that's, I mean, you remember the garden, right? When Adam and Eve committed the first sin, you know, Satan said, just bite the fruit. You won't die. God knows that in the day that you bite the fruit, you will know just like he knows. And so they bit the fruit, the, the fruit that God told them not to bite. The serpent, backed out. We, the serpent backed out 
And, and what did they try to do? They tried to cover themselves with, yeah. with fig leaves. They were what? Shamed. And it says this here, teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. Verse five, the law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? They were trying to trap him into something they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. They kept demanding an answer. So he stood up again and said, all right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again. So he stooped down twice and wrote in the dust. We have no idea what he wrote in the dust. There are a lot of theories out there, but we just, we don't know. Verse nine, when the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I. Go and sin no more. The, the, the Bible says that he, he stooped. Now we're, we're talking about God in the flesh. The, the holy God, the, the sinless God, the the God that the Bible teaches, you know, him and sin just, they, they don't get along. Therefore, he sent his son. But Jesus was the full embodiment of God in the earth. God in the flesh, sinner. And we'll go a step further, savior and sinner. So the Pharisees' first mistake was to throw a sinner to the savior, was to throw someone who messed up to the savior was to throw someone who had been sabotaging themselves with self-guilt to the Savior. The reason I think that she continued, or I'll take that back, because we don't know if she was habitually committing adultery. Maybe so. Maybe this was not her first time. The reason why she committed adultery, I believe at the root of her issue was self-guilt her not having the ability to forgive herself. So much so to the point where her mess ups bought her to the feet of the savior. And when the religious teachers were thinking that they were gonna judge, that Jesus was gonna judge her, he said, no, 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 no. I am the savior. I've been sent to repair those lives who have been shattered. So you're throwing a broken woman at me my call, my anointing, my function is to repair her life, not to continue to beat her down while she's broken. Jesus's call is not to continue to break you and break you and break you and beat you and beat you and beat you. If you end up at the feet of the savior, you can expect that he's gonna repair your life. So the Bible says this, the Bible says that he stooped down. And, and the word here for stoop is grace. Woo. Grace, grace is a free gift. Grace is obtaining favor with God without merit. You can't work for his grace. You, you, can't, you can't read enough Bible to get his grace. You, you can't change your clothes. You can't stop the curse words. You can't do enough right to get the grace of God. It is a free gift from God. So when Jesus knelt down, 
He, he, and, and the Bible says that he stooped down twice, which is also interesting. The number two in scripture represents unity. So when he stooped down, essentially he was saying that we're in this together. You feel guilty? I'm right there with you. I'm, I'm right there in the dirt with you. You're sabotaging your, yourself. I'm, you're self-condemning yourself. I'm, it's okay. I'm right there with you. You don't feel good about your present. You don't feel good about your future. I am right here with you, giving you the grace that you need. So Jesus is saying, we're in this together. Every day, I need you to go ahead and write this down. And this is what he was doing. Every day in your life, Jesus is doing two things. He is removing your guilt and he's giving you grace. Every day, he's stooping down to remove your guilt. And then the second, he's stooping down to give you grace. Remove the guilt. Shame off of you. Shame off of you. Guilt off of you. No one has it right. We are all sinners. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. But in his love, he sent the son to redeem us, to lift us up, to repair our lives. Shame off of you. Come on, church, put your hands together for this. Shame off of you. Every day, Jesus is doing two things in your life. Guilt off, grace on. Guilt off, grace on. What is grace, pastor? Guilt off, favor on. Guilt off, second chance. Guilt off, third chance. Guilt off, fourth chance every day in your life. This is why the Bible says in Lamentations 3 that every morning, every morning, his grace is made new. Every day, guilt off. He removes guilt and he gives grace. So I wanna encourage you, you don't think you have the power to be free from that, from that addiction, from that stronghold. And the truth is, is that you don't. The first step in your freedom is to accept the grace and forgiveness of Jesus Christ and, and begin to allow him and the power of the Holy Spirit to remove the effects of guilt. Allow him to take it. Yes, you messed up. But allow him to say, I'll put that guilt on me and, and, and start over. He removes guilt and he gives grace. <laughs> I personally, I, I've needed. I've lost count of the amount of chances that I've needed in certain areas of my life and in my marriage and my parenting in my private life. We all got something that we have to go to God and say, yeah, I'm guilty, but I know you're not. I know you're not guilty and I know you're not condemning me for it. So, and when you give him that guilt, that's when your freedom will begin to spring forth. He does not condemn you. He does not beat you over the head. You lost that job. You squandered that career. It is not over. 
the Lord hit me yesterday so powerfully. I was in the kitchen washing dishes. And this may be a, a sermon series or a message, but he said, you need to tell people that it's not too late. A lot of people feel like it's too late. You're only 19 years old. You're only 25. You're only 70. You're still breathing. It's not too late for God to do his best work in your life. So he tells this woman, he says, neither do I condemn you. Now go and sin no more. Now, that's not possible not to sin anymore. What he was saying was leave your life of guilt and walk in this life of grace that I provide. He removes guilt and he gives grace. The third thing I've discovered about this Luke 4, 18, that he's, Jesus said he sent me to repair those whose lives have been shattered is number three, final point today, is that Jesus turns pain into purpose. Jesus turns pain into purpose. And, and, and when, we think about, when we think about pain, all pain has its beginning in the past and in the present, all forms of pain. And it kind of goes hand in hand with uh, that first point about how Jesus pursues the brokenhearted. You, you think about these experiences of the past that, that have caused a lot of pain and trauma in our lives. But what I, what I know about God is, is that through Christ, he turns our pain into purpose. What I've come to find out is that the pain of then plus the pain of now, if we allow Jesus to repackage it, can become future purpose. Is that in Christ, the pain of then, plus this current season that we're in, whatever you're experiencing, if we allow Christ to come in and, and begin to repair our hearts and our faith and our souls, if, if we allow him to put his hands on us, the pain of then and the pain of now will become future future purpose. I think about guys like Nehemiah. Nehemiah was cupbearer to, to the king of Persia and the children of Israel were heading back, back to their home to Jerusalem. And so as Nehemiah is serving in the capital of Persia, one of his brothers comes and visits him and Nehemiah inquires about how uh, his people are doing in Jerusalem. And his brother said, man, like, look, it's, it's bad. The walls are burnt down. There are no city gates. These things represented protection and stability and prosperity and strength. He said, we, we don't have any of that. It's, it is bad, bad, bad. And the Bible says that when his brother left, Nehemiah started to, to feel that burden. He started to, to, feel, that, to feel that pain. So it was the pain of the past because the children of Israel had been exiled to Babylon and Persia took over Babylon, the pain of the past. And the pain of the past has now caught up to the present. And now that pain of the past is the pain of the present. And so even though we're going back home, 
home is not all that it was made out to be once we got there. So now it's the pain of the past and the pain of the present. Now, what does someone like, what does a cup bearer do? And he determines in his spirit that I'm not just gonna remain hurt. I'm not just gonna remain in pain, but I'm gonna go from cup bearer to wall builder. And, and, and if we allow Jesus to, come on, Holy Spirit. If we allow Jesus to whew, repair our hearts, if we trust him, if we allow him to take the guilt and to pursue our shattered lives, he could turn us from people of pain to people of purpose. I get it. Mom and or dad was not there. But now you be the solution to that kid whose mom and dad is not there. That's what Jesus wants to do. Maybe, maybe poverty calls pain in your life. Now your purpose is to be the solution, is to teach and to mentor and to counsel and get into our FPU um, um, group when, when we have it in the fall to learn about the principles of finances and pass these things on so that we can eradicate poverty. Maybe your thing is, is, is homelessness. Maybe your, your, your life has been stained by homelessness. Be the solution. Maybe it's some form of abuse. Be the solution. Be, be the solution. And I'm, I'm, so, I'm so encouraged by the fact that um, as the body of Christ, I love the church because the church actually provides that, that avenue for people to step up to step out of pain and into purpose. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm excited and I'm happy about it. And we need to go ahead and celebrate this. But at the end of the month, we're gonna be highlighting the city. Come on, put our hands together. And we're calling it Highlight the City. <laughs> Highlight the City Week. From Monday, August the 24th to August the 29th, we're gonna be stepping out of our pain and into purpose. Yes, it's, it's been a tough season, but now we're, we're gonna come together as a church and we're gonna share the love of Jesus Christ by loving on our city in practical ways. This is gonna be a week where we have multiple opportunities, Monday through Saturday, to, to get out and, and to, to be the hands and feet of Jesus. So, so whether you're struggling right now or you feel strong, we're gonna come together and we're gonna serve our city. Uh, scientists did some research. This was pretty cool. Scientists have discovered that there are both mental and physical health benefits to a person being selfless. For example, one study that came out of Israel in 1997 looked at over 1,300 uh, individuals ages 75 and up, and the study found a 33% reduction rate in mortality for people who do volunteer work compared to those who do no volunteer work. University of North Carolina, most recently, a new study of the genetic effects of happiness found that humans are rewarded with healthy gene activity when we are unselfish. Analyzing white blood cells to see gene expression, people whose happiness was based on a higher sense of purpose purpose and service 
to others had gene markers indicating low levels of inflammation, which had been linked to the development of cancer and heart disease. So being unselfish essentially lowers your, your chance of contracting cancer and heart disease. And it says this here, by the same token, some people whose happiness was based on material things and servicing their own needs first had gene markers indicating poor immune response and greater vulnerability to infection. They appeared to be at risk of increased risk of cancer, diabetes, and cardiovascular disease. My encouragement based upon this research is that you don't have time to remain in the place of pain. It's, it's a direct, it has a direct impact on, on your inner man. Jesus says, I've been sent to heal the inner man on your soul, on your mind, your will, your emotion, your body. And, and this is the key here. This is what I wanna encourage you. I want to encourage you to become an agent of healing, then your healing will come become an agent of healing, then your healing will come. The science supports it. The scripture supports it. What more, what more do we need? Let, let's serve. Let's, let's shine. Let's shine. As a matter of fact, our, 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 um, our founding, um, our vision statement here is, is, is uh, shine the light of Jesus so that people find true life. Part of finding true life is yes, know Jesus. Yes, get into community. But that third piece there is make a difference. Make a difference. When we serve, we feel better. We feel stronger. We feel like we've stepped into our purpose. And I wanna encourage you to, to make a difference. Become an agent of healing, then your strength will come. Your power will come. God's favor will come. And then your healing will come upon your life. So what I want to encourage you to do right now, we're, we're just going to take a moment. I want to encourage you to grab your phone or another device, be it your MacBook or your laptop, whatever you have there, a tablet. And we're going we're gonna to sign up for Highlight the City together. You remember a few months ago, we, we signed up for light groups together. So we're gonna go ahead and sign up for Highlight the City week together. Many opportunities to serve and to be like Christ. So let's go to highlight.church. Highlight.church. And um, right there at the top in, in red, we have a red banner there. I love it. It says, are you ready to highlight the city? And because you are ready, you're gonna go ahead and click here. Click here. And um, scroll down. See those beautiful faces? You're gonna scroll down. There are five days filled with opportunities for you and your family to get involved. We're gonna make history. Never, never in the history of Gaithersburg has anything been done like this through a local church. You're about to make history. I, I want you to sign up. I want so many of us to sign up to, to, to where we have to create more opportunities. So I expect every one of us right now, 
to sign up. You don't even have to be a believer. This is not even about church. This is about you being an agent of healing so that your healing can come. And then you scroll down there and you click sign up now. And there it is, man, wow, bookmarks for kids. Gaithersburg Middle School Organization of Supplies. So I, I won't run through it all, but I want you to go ahead and just look and allow God to lead you in that. Uh, I'll share a few. Number one, uh, we have what's called Love Our Kids Drive, where we're going to come together and we're going to get school supplies and backpacks um, for the kids here at Gaithersburg Middle School and Gaithersburg Elementary. There's a, an amazing organization um, called Comfort Cases, where we serve orphan um, kids who have been who have been, you know, who've become orphaned. And um, the Bible says that in Psalm 27, I believe verse 10, it says, when, when your father and your mother have, have dropped you, God says, I'll pick you up. I'll pick you up. So we've got to love our kids drive. I love this one. We have, we're going to be doing some home cooked meals for the homeless. So if you can throw down in the kitchen, if you're good, let's, let's get those meals. People are hungry in this season. So we're partnering with Montgomery County Coalition for the Homeless, and it's going to be a great, great partnership. Also, sponsor a mom. This is one of my favorite, favorite opportunities where uh, we have partnered with um, Keys to Success. They are under the umbrella of Family Service, and these are teenage mothers, young mothers, who have had children and um, he's the success has helped them to progress and to move forward in their lives and we're going to come alongside them and support them with whatever they need in this season we're going to we're going to provide we're going to be able to connect with the mothers and drop drop off these these gifts these supplies to these mothers sign up for that one sign up for that one then we're going to revive the BAK daycare the Betty Ann Crank Daycare. This is a center that provides refuge and protection for mothers and children who are fleeing domestic violence. And so we, we've already painted and revamped their rooms over the past year and a half or so, but now we're gonna do some work on in the daycare area. How many people know that kids need a fun place to play, a clean place to play, new toys? How great would it be for you to go in there and bring some light and bring some hope into that situation. Sign up to shine. Sign up to shine. Sign up to shine. And then join us for team night. I don't have that as an announcement, but join us for team night. You're gonna get a new shirt. But let's go ahead and let's sign up. Let's fill this thing, fill this thing up. Isaiah 61. This is the verse that Jesus was reading. Isaiah 61 says this. He says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. Here it is. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted, to proclaim that captives will be released and that prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come and with it, the day of God's anger against their enemies. 
to all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. In their righteousness, they will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted in his own glory. I love this. Here it is, verse 4. They will rebuild the ancient ruins, repairing cities destroyed long ago. They will revive them, though they have been deserted for many generations. I love how the scripture says, not tearing cities, but repairing cities. Not tearing, but repairing cities. And I know in, in Gaithersburg, we've been fortunate enough not to have buildings torn down. That's been minimized. But I am not under the illusion that every life in this city is built up and it's strong. Buildings have not been torn down, but a lot of lives have. And when there are shattered lives in your city, the church is called to respond to the need. We're called to repair cities, repair one life at a time, one family at a time. I I've, I've saw Highlight the City Week years ago. I saw it in a vision. Billboards. Highlight the City Week 2021. Highlight the City Week 2022 off of 270, off of the 200, off of 495, highlight the city week. What would it look like for us to come together, hundreds upon hundreds of people to touch thousands with the gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ? I've envisioned Hindus and Buddhists and Muslims and atheists and agnostics. They drive past that billboard and they say, wow, it's highlight the city week. That, that's that crazy church that does the egg drop but now they're, they're serving and I want to be a part of that. And through them serving, they're going to come to know Christ. Let's repair the city. Let's impact the city. And Jesus says this, he says in Matthew 10, 42, and if you give even a cup of cold water to one of the least of my followers, you will surely be reward, rewarded. If you give a cup of cold water, heaven recognizes it. Heaven moves. Your healing will come. And this is my final point. It's this. is that God sent Jesus to us. Now Jesus sends us to them. You may be in a struggle, but through the struggle, the healing and the strength will come. You may feel strong. You may be like, Pastor, I'm ready to go. This is only going to make you stronger. Jesus is sending us to them. He said, I've been sent to repair those whose lives have been shattered. Now I'm sending you to repair those whose lives have been shattered. Come on, church. Let's give the word of God a hand clap of praise. Wow. Wow. 
Wow. If you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to give you this opportunity to come to him, to trust in him. He's pursuing you. And if you allow him, he will remove the grip of condemnation, of self-condemnation off of your life. And he'll begin to heal you from the inside out. So I want to invite you into a personal relationship with Jesus. The Bible says that there's one way to the Father, and that is through Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God. And so if that be you, I just want you to pray this prayer with me. We're here. We're interceding. We're praying along with you. It's simple. It's just faith and it's proclaiming his name and you enter into the kingdom of heaven. So if you're saying, this is me, pastor, I'm ready to pray. I'm ready to give it all up. Let's pray. Father God, I believe that Jesus is your son. And I believe that he died and rose from the grave. Jesus, I thank you for shedding your blood on the cross for my forgiveness. I turn from my ways and I give my life to you. Father God, give me the gift of your spirit. Repair my life. I stand on your word. I trust you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, welcome into the kingdom of God. Now, I love you with an unfailing love. God loves you. Come on, if you're in your watch party and someone prayed that prayer, let's clap it up for them. Hallelujah. 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 Wow. So, hey, uh, if you made that decision, we're going to give you some next steps. Um, Pastor Chow and Megan is going to walk you through that. It's been such an honor to bring the word of God to you. I will see you next Sunday. Then I'll see you next week for Highlight the City Week. I love you. Have fun. Take care until week three. See you guys later.